0: Hi guys, aloha from beautiful Hawaii, right now I am in the exact center of the island of Oahu at the Dole Plantation, not far from Wahiwa, which is technically the pico or the belly button of the Hawaiian Islands, and I wanted to talk to you guys about a couple of things today. I wanted to talk about uh, Pearl Harbor, the Japanese, the attack on Hiroshima, and world peace. Whew, that's a lot to tackle in just a couple minutes, but I'm gonna go for it anyway. Now, one of these days, I'm gonna start having more guests on and finding people, but for the moment, I'm just kinda getting my legs underneath me in terms of this podcasting thing. So I hope you'll bear with me if I err on the side of talking a little bit too much. I guess that's why you're listening, but uh, if it's too much, just tell me, and I probably won't shut up. (laughs) But anyway, so let's start with Pearl Harbor. The attack on Pearl Harbor, fundamentally, Shifted everything in the world. Uh, let's talk about the background of that for just a second. So prior to the attack on Pearl Harbor, uh, the world was had spent about a, a decade and a half trying to recover from the carnage of World War One. You know, when more young men had been killed than at any time in the history of the entire world. Uh, pretty astounding, actually, when you think about that. Uh, so we're looking at that, and. You have this thing going on, colonialism, where the great powers of the world, who all had a little bit of a head start technologically, were scrambling to grab resources and build empires. This is a, a little bit of what led up to World War I, but also, um, More significantly it led up to World War II. So with World War II, what you have is you have America making all of these grasps from the late 1800s all the way until the 1930s, grabbing territories. Places like Hawaii, the Philippine Islands, Cuba, Guam, American Samoa, um, the Marianas Islands. And if all of those sound familiar to you and you're American, that's because most of them now are still territories. Hawaii is the only one out of all those territories that became a state, and the Philippines is the only one that actually achieved independence and became a country. Um, Again you know, achieved its independence. So you have all of that happening and you have the United States seizing resources and taking control of resources along with our allies uh, from Great Britain and Europe, taking resources in Southeast Asia, places like Indonesia, Southern China, uh, Vietnam, which was, you know, Indochina at that point. Um, so you have all of that going on. And then you have the Japanese attempting to build an empire in the Pacific uh, and to build what they termed the Asian co-prosperity sphere, but was really just another colonialist land grab by a great power, which Japan by this point had become. Now, Japan becoming that great power is pretty interesting in itself. Uh, I want to point out here that I love the Japanese people and I have a huge admiration for the Japanese people and for the country of Japan for everything that they've accomplished in their history and that are they are still accomplishing and just as one example of that is when you look at World War two in that era and World War one for that matter what you have is you have a fundamentally racist world being ruled by white people you know, so Caucasian people basically thinking that they're better than everybody else in the world and lording it over everybody else. But what you had with the Japanese was a feudal society, feudal meaning uh, it was basically lords and agriculture kind of thing, and you had this feudal society that uh, Admiral Perry forced to open up to the world, and when he forced them to open up to the world, the Japanese uh, saw that and they said, hey, we don't want that shit happening again. So they had what was called the Meiji Restoration, and the Meiji Restoration was essentially a restoration of Japanese dominance uh, in the the minds of the Japanese and in the world. And what they did is in 20 years, they went from this agrarian feudal society into the point where they actually defeated one of the great uh, political and military powers of the world, the Russians, uh, in 1906 in the Sino-Japanese War. So the Japanese earned the respect Of the world and actually this is a very strange thing to say today and um, there's no real easy way to say it and make it sound right but what the Japanese did was they put themselves on a par with the Caucasians which caused all kinds of chaos in the minds of racist white people to where they actually had said things like if you find old racial books what you find is people saying that the Japanese were part Caucasian so they were of a different level than other other Asian peoples, um, and this was the way that these racist societies sort of like uh, made it sort of okay that the Japanese were dealing with, um, with Europeans on an equal footing. So anyway, you have the Japanese continuing what they were doing and building this co-prosperity sphere, and they're building this thing um, and going, as all colonialists did, completely out of hand and completely evil on it, you know, doing atrocious fucking awful things. And they're doing all of these awful things um, and taking land, raping, pillaging, taking resources, destroying native peoples, um, destroying sovereignty wherever they went and taking control. And the United States had already been engaged in that, in their territories and in their places, and they didn't really want the Japanese coming in and undoing the work of the French or the British or the Dutch or uh, the Americans. And so we made a big signal. And the big signal was to move the American fleet from Long Beach, California, where it had been, the Pacific Fleet had been based there, to move it to Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. And that was basically just a way of the United States saying, hey, fuck you, Japan. If you mess with us, our allies, or our resources that we're extracting and taking from these people um, in Southeast Asia, we're close enough to get you. And the Japanese saw this for what it was. They saw it for a clear and present threat. And the way that they responded to it, well, somebody should have realized that this was what was going to happen with the Japanese. Was They said, oh yeah? Well, we don't think so. So, In Kyushu, one of the southern islands of Japan, they found a place that was very similar to Pearl Harbor and they built a mock-up of Pearl Harbor and they spent, um, I've heard estimates of like a year and a half to two years, um, but that seems like too long of a time period to me. I think it was probably less than that, Um, training pilots and making sure that they knew where they were supposed to hit, what they were supposed to blow up and how long it would take. And they ran through these attack plans again and again. And then they snuck their entire fucking fleet across the Pacific Ocean with nobody noticing. And then they conducted the largest, at, at that point, sneak attack that had ever been conducted in world history. And what they did was they came into Pearl Harbor, they attacked it, and their plan was to wipe out the entire Pacific Fleet. Now this is where some conspiracy theories come in. People say that what happened is that the Japanese um, were Uh, The Americans, rather, were aware that the Japanese were coming, and President Eisenhower saw this as an opportunity to get the United States involved in the European war, which they were more concerned with, um, because the American public was weary and tired of war and didn't want to deal with war. Uh, You had the Depression that was going on. You had a lot of things happening um, in the world. Americans were like, fuck the Europeans. We don't want any part of their bloody, you um, you know, brother versus brother killing stuff. So... This was a way, perhaps, that Eisenhower could get the world involved. I, I don't think that that happened, personally, I, I just find it very hard, it's like 9-11 conspiracies, I find it very hard to believe that any American president would willingly sacrifice so many soldiers um, and so much you know, expensive uh, equipment in order to achieve a political point, but people say that it happened, they say that it's possible, and I gotta say that for the Pearl Harbor thing, there's some convincing evidence uh, that leads us to think that it's a possibility. So, looking at that, uh, the Japanese attacked, they decimated the Pacific Fleet, but they made a couple of strategic errors. One, they didn't wipe out the fuel reserves, which were open and on the hillsides. Um, I've talked with a couple of Japanese historians who have said that that was by design, that they actually did that because they expected to come in here to take the Hawaiian Islands, make them part of their empire, and use that fuel for their fleet. Kind of makes sense, but still a pretty big fuck up. The other big fuck up was that uh, the American fleet had sent out all the aircraft carriers and all the aircraft, essentially, for operations and so those strategic pieces of equipment that were very important were not there. All of that and the fact that the Americans had brought in a lot of uh, shipbuilding stuff to the Hawaiian Islands previously and some of it was even on the way when the attack happened uh, allowed the Americans to rebuild the Pacific Fleet to refloat most of the ships and eventually to go to Midway and wipe out the Japanese fleet. So. There you have that. Then you have the atrocious bombing, uh, the dropping of the two nuclear weapons um, on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, wiping out you know millions of innocent people. You know um, the most disgusting acts of violence against civilians that have ever been conducted in the world. Disgusting. So you have all of that. Next thing, let's talk about the Japanese capitulation. And 20 years later, Hawaii uh, territory very similar to all the territories that we still have in the United States, except for the fact that Hawaii actually became a state and the rest of them, Puerto Rico has not become a state, Guam hasn't become a state, American Samoa hasn't become a state, Marianas haven't become a state, the uh, US Virgin Islands haven't become a state. None of those have become states and yet they're all far tropical places with brown people predominating. And Hawaii is the same, but somehow became a state. Why? I say it's because of the bombing, the attack on Pearl Harbor. That the bombing on, the, on Pearl Harbor, all those American lives being lost, led to the American people not seeing this as a foreign exotic place anymore, but seeing it as a part of the American uh, collective. I think that there's no coincidence that 20 years later, Hawaii became a state. So that's 1959. Hawaii became a state and Obama by the way was born in 1958 in the territory of Hawaii which was a part of the United States and I've seen his birth certificate so all you birthers you know what you can do just take it shove it where the Sun don't shine that's the answer Uh, now let's talk about Hiroshima when I went to Hiroshima, I expected to see something that was similar to the 9-11 Memorial or the Pearl Harbor Memorial, something that basically said America was a victim and America retaliated, um, but from a Japanese point of view. Instead, what I saw in Hiroshima was a twisted tricycle of a child that was bombed by a nuclear bomb dropped out of an American airplane. and. I saw a lot of sadness, a lot of devastation, a lot of tragedy, and with all of that, I didn't see a bit of blame. I saw a plaque that the Japanese people had put up that said, we allowed the wrong people to become powerful in our government and to lead us in the wrong direction, and this is where it led, and we're never gonna let that happen again. We're gonna be very careful about who we give power to and how they get that power and what they're allowed to do with that power very different from the United States. We were bombed and we took revenge sort of thing. So very different. Now, what brings all that up is I went to Pearl Harbor this morning, and when I got there, there were a bunch of Japanese students from Hiroshima, and they were folding up cranes, which is a symbol of peace, and teaching other people to fold up cranes as a symbol of peace at Pearl Harbor. And I sat down, and I went ahead and folded up cranes and wrote some messages of peace and it was beautiful. And I have to say that that is what is going to make the world a better place. Not this revenge, not this MAGA bullshit, not this like Americans come first and everybody else comes after. That's not the answer, my friends. The answer is we are one. We all breathe the same fucking air. We all breathe you know drink the same water we all love our kids we all want the best life possible for our kids for our families and the thing is we're all family and until we start realizing that and making that realization real it's gonna stay a fucked up world so take a breath (sighs) know that you whoever you are wherever you are you are my brother or you are my sister and I am your brother, I'm not your sister, <laughs> but you know, I could have been, it's just a chromosome, that's that's all that makes the difference there, you know, and I could have been both, again, just a chromosome, um, so love each other, be aware, we are one, love you guys, aloha. Hey, and if that's not enough of me and you want more, all you have to do is go to Twitter and look for me there, at vagobond, bond, B-O-N-D, vagobond, V-A-G-O, that's (laughs) V-A-G-O-B-O-N-D.